0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing, we cook because we have
1: to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, (laughs) how long? We have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle.
0: Charbono, it's all about the charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate before we knew. listen, face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Mm-hmm. Top men. Hey, just like that, we are into the second hour. Here we go. If you are a podcaster, welcome to the second hour of the show on your Thursday. (laughs) Continually messing with the podcasters, trying to find that right, as John Dawson would say, nuggetization. I'm getting feedback. You know, there's a, a pretty large portion of you that say, I'm indifferent on how you release the podcast. I'm not a live listener. I am a podcaster. We see value in the smaller chunks that you've been dispersing over the last week and a half. However, we've been pretty happy with getting the 120-minute dump as you've done over the last 10 years. We download it and then we can hit the pause button when we're done listening and then we can hit the pause button again and pick up where we left off and visit the show or finish the show on our own time. So, just to make sure I'm drawing the curtain back and being completely transparent, I'm just trying to find maximization of ease of listening for the podcaster only folks that are watching here live. You make the commitment. You're in for 120 minutes. You hear what's happening as it's happening. That's the best way to consume the show, but that's the least amount of people that make up my show audience do that. So I always say I like the live listeners best because, hey, we're all making this time commitment investment together on a Tuesday between nine and 11, I don't really know. I have an idea of what's going to happen. I prep the show. I work the show. I book the guests. I create the content. I do all that stuff. But in the end, it's kind of a crapshoot. And we really don't know if that guy or gal is going to be there on the other end or if their phone is going to suck or maybe they really suck as guests. And I didn't know about it because they're first time guests. A lot of things can go wrong. There's a little bit of a loss in the podcast on how that's actually translating when it's not live. You know that the show has already taken place. So, I think there's an element of risk and danger that is eliminated when you get it in podcasts. When you're listening to it live, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? If there's a two-minute gap of sound, I the live listeners have to suffer through that. That's very uncomfortable. makes me uncomfortable for them being uncomfortable, and I'm uncomfortable. But I'll wipe that out in the podcast just so they don't have to listen to that, but That's kind of the fun and the danger of the live show. So, as I've always said in the past, if you've never caught the show live, make it a point to check it out, see how it goes down from 9 to 11. I mean, ultimately, how you're hearing it on podcast is exactly how it went down, but there's something fun and energetic and spontaneous about a live show as it's happening versus being recorded in front of a live studio audience, which is basically how it is for the podcasters. So, anyway... I got a little bit off topic there. So I'm just trying to find the best time frame, which seems to be in that 20 to 40 minute sketch. And then also not break continuity. When I had embedded correspondence on, I broke that section up into two segments. And a lot of people said, you should have just let that run the course because you broke continuity. I wanted to hear the end of it. You just broke it off in between a break. And then I had to wait yet another day until... I got that second portion. Now, the other side of it is I'm looking to obviously maximize downloads or listens. And that's really where push will come to shove. If I can maximize downloads over the course of two or three days, depending on how many segments I can realistically break out of it, and it's not offending the overwhelming majority of podcast listeners, then that's typically the route I'm going to go. But there is more production work on my end, too, to break it up instead of just hitting stop at the end of the night and then uploading it into the server, and away we go for that next day, and you get the 120-minute drop. So not to get too far into the weeds on what I continue to do there on the podcast side. And again, if you're only a live show listener, this completely goes over your head, and you could probably care less. Still to come on the show, Dave Bosca Butcher Barbecue. We might have some giveaways as well, depending on how he runs through his segment, possibly two segments. I wanted to get this out, especially if you are a Lady Pitmaster. Attention, Lady Pitmasters. There is a smoking announcement courtesy of the World Food Championships. Cowboy Charcoal Fire and Ice Women's Barbecue Series has just announced the addition of another Hot Pass qualifier. And it's perfect for those folks who are located in the Northeast because Smoke in the Grove Barbecue Festival is now a hot pass qualifier. Don't delay. Lady Pitmasters sign up for this KCBS sanctioned event in Pennsylvania scheduled for July 27th and 28th for your chance at becoming a Fire Nice Series finalist where you'll have the opportunity to compete for the WFC 2018 Major Championships and a shot at two major prize purses. So if you are a lady and you're a pit master, the Cowboy Charcoal Fire and Ice Women's Barbecue Series has been going on, This, I believe would make for the third year. Did Sylvie win it one year? Sylvie, did you win Fire and Ice the inaugural year? And then it was, was it Jaina Tedisco won it last year? I think I'm right on that. So we'll see how it goes this coming 2018. But if you want to forego the points, accumulations, and all that stuff, show up in July. That would be 27th and 28th at the Smoke in the Grove Barbecue Festival in Pennsylvania. If you win it, you get a hot pass right down into the WFC for the Charcoal Fire and Ice Women's Barbecue Series. Got an email from a listener, Dan H. Sam's Northwest Barbecue reaction email. Dude, that interview with Sam was weak. All he did was talk about his relationships with his vendors and make his shout outs. Where were the questions like what's your best selling cooker and what cooker do you like to use or what trends do you see increasing in cooker sales? We don't care that he's friends with the Yoders or that he has all the owner's numbers on speed dial. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Your show kills it and is the best in the biz, man. Your comments crack me up daily. Just thought I'd send you some feedback. Keep doing what you're doing. Man, I love the show. Dan H. Dan, thanks for writing in. I think. Dan, I would urge you to go back and listen to that segment again. I don't think Sam was overtly shouting anybody out. I think he had mentioned a couple of his product lines which I did ask him to mention the top ones. Now, to your point, did we really get in-depth on a consumer side? No, but I had a way that I was looking to steer it first since I had never talked to Sam, and I didn't have his background. And typically what I do with a first-time guest, especially so, you know, Sam's unique in the fact that he has this really great retail spot in the Pacific Northwest. I don't really have a lot of contacts out there. Not a lot of people have a store like he has anywhere in the country. I'm sure there's a small handful, but he is one of a small handful that really do it in a way that a lot of us would like to say, hey, we have all this extra capital. We want to go into the business. We're going to open a live fire cooking and barbecue supply store, and this is the way we're going to do it. We would probably model after Sam as far as lines he's carrying, amount of inventory he's carrying, all that stuff. So I see Sam, before we even had that first interview, in a couple different scenarios. I see him as somebody who has a lot of knowledge from a retail side. I see him as somebody who could come on this show once a quarter and talk about this brand of cooker that he's carrying. And then the next time on this brand, we could have three years worth of segments if we bump them out once a quarter to talk about different things that are going on in his store or what the retail side is showing as trending as far as cookers are concerned. Usability, reliability, support from a manufacturer's standpoint. So that's why I steered Sam's direction of interview the way I did. Wanted to get the background on him, why he opened the store, how he brought in lines, what his requirements are from a retailer standpoint, from a manufacturer's side that he requires, what support does he require, and then when he's selling to the general public, What can a consumer expect when you're buying from Sam? So maybe there was some extraneous stuff that you didn't particularly get down with or I didn't ask the questions yet on what you thought I should, but I was trying to set up a knowledge base of where Sam is operating from. So the next time I have him on, which is going to be the end of June at this point, then we can really start getting into trends that he's seeing. And again, he could come off a little biased because he is in one section of the country and the Pacific Northwest might be doing something completely different than what people in the Southeast are doing or people in the Northeast are doing or people in the Great Plains are doing. I mean, you get it. A lot of different places doing a lot of different things. So Sam will be able to bring his perspective, but he's not online. So he's selling specifically out of the store. So what he's seeing is in his region of the country, I guess. But Dan, I appreciate you writing in and giving me your feedback, good, bad, ugly. I'm always here to take it. Love it. And thank you for taking the time out. Didn't get to my Facebook rant. I will say that because who knows what's going to be going on next week. It's a crazy news time in this world, folks. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. By the way, that's a line that Sam's carries, by the way. Did I just say, by the way, three times? I think I just did. So you have some of the most reliable pellet cookers out there on the market, that being Green Mountain Grills. Three different sizes to choose from. If you like the big stuff, you want to go Jim Bowie. You can probably put eight pork butts in there, a couple whole packers, number of racks of ribs you can also get an extra secondary shelf to double up that capacity or increase capacity doubles probably a little over exaggeration on my part if you want to go middle of the line size you can go daniel boone now the jim and the daniel boone if you rip the guts out and you buy that high heat pizza oven insert both can accommodate that pizza insert i highly suggest that if you're going to get the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, you also just buy the pizza accessory right off the bat so you have it. You will thank me later on that. I guarantee it. Also, you can buy a whole bunch of Green Mountain Grill wood pellets if you want. They make those to fire those cookers. If you want something that's a little bit more portable or maybe you want a bigger or medium sized one, but then you also want a pellet cooker to take on tailgates or camping because you're into that kind of a thing, then you want to get the Daniel Boone. I'm sorry, the uh, Davy Crockett. This is the most portable pellet cooker out there right now. Tailgates again. Camping. If you don't have access to a normal plug outlet, you can get the 12-volt accessory and plug it right into your car or van or truck or SUV, whatever it is. Now, it is portable. Portable. So, smaller than the Daniel Boone the Jim Bowie, but you're not sacrificing an incredible amount of capacity for portability. You can get a couple of pork butts in there without any issue, probably uh, one or two racks of ribs, depending on how you cut them. And then you have the ability to use that Traeger. <laughs> the what? The Green Mountain Grill Wood Pellet Smoke to flavor your food. Get to use those wood pellets right there in the Green Mountain Grill. So here's what you do. Head on over to the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com and see what all the hullabaloo is about. We are back with Dave Bosco right after this. Stick around. be right back.
2: The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead. The author of A Barbecue Bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host,
0: Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Championship Pitmasters are using Smithfield and winning with Smithfield. Brad Leininger won two events back-to-back this weekend using Smithfield pork products. You can commit to cooking with Smithfield this 2018 season. You receive smoke and swag for participating, only a few requirements. Pay a small shipping fee of $25 and be a member of the sport's major sanctioning bodies like KCBS, FBA, IBCA, you name the rest. Be sure to come back, track your first-place finishes in pork and ribs to win great prizes through the Walk-In with Smithfield incentive program. You can also use the hashtag ShowUsYourSmithField on Facebook and Instagram as you grab those wins, victories, and or otherwise. So again, head on over to the website SmokinWithSmithField.com. My guest in the second hour, one of the longest-running sponsors of my show, and if you look back over the competition scene over the past 10 years or so, one of the most consistent cooks out there from season to season this past weekend, Notched yet another grand championship in Oklahoma at the City of Springs Barbecue Championship in Sulphur, Oklahoma. Here to recap the win and the start of the 2018 season, as well as talk some barbecue business in general. We race to the Traeger Grills Hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of the butcher competition team, butcher barbecue competition team, Dave Bosca, joining me. Dave, how are you, buddy?
1: Hey, we're doing great, Greg. Thanks for having us
0: on. You got it, uh, Dave. always appreciate you making time here for the show. While we look back at this past weekend, Dave, a Grand Championship takes 705.6, and this is just a recent string of plus 700-point finishes for you. I mean, you are out of the gate like rocket hot. How are you finding the beginning of the season?
1: Rocket hot. <laughs> um, been real good. We ended last year really strong. Um, It's short memory for a lot of people, but we ended up very strong last year, and we just continued on this year. Did a little side cooking, a little off cooking, played with a little bit of different methods, and just put them in place this year and and really liking what we're having.
0: Dave, this particular contest last weekend, uh, as you would probably admit, not not a huge team uh, number that showed out, 17 total. However, some really good teams in there for sure, Not the least of which uh, my, my buddy, Mr. Smiles, Donnie Teal, uh, always tough to be certain. Can you attribute the lack of show-out to this event to the time of year? Was it weather? Or is there a more pressing issue surfacing as it relates to competition barbecue?
1: Had nothing to do with the weather, had nothing to do with competition barbecue. There was another contest two hours north of it. Hmm. um it ended up with 20 i think 26 27 teams we had two contests in the state of oklahoma um just real close to each other uh this was the first year contest it was paying 10k uh the other one was only 30 minutes from my house um paying good money um i just wanted to go support the new contest so we went down south
0: it was just happenstance that they were scheduled a first time. So let me ask a better question. Does it hurt a first-time competition to be scheduled on something where more teams went to the other competition?
1: I think it hurts any competition to be scheduled on top of another competition, especially here in Oklahoma. We don't have the number of cooks that hit it hard and heavy every weekend, week out, like what we do. Um, Kansas, Kansas City, those places have got hundreds and hundreds of teams. They, I don't even know how many contests they have a year, 30, 40 contests a year. We have 15, 18 contests. We've probably got a team base of probably 20 that do more than 15 a year. And then when you put two contests in the same state, it has to split. I don't care what's going on. It's just not good for barbecue.
0: Is that something that KCBS should have picked up on and decided to move one? Or are you always just going to run into this regardless?
1: No, you run into it in other areas, but KCBS has rules for this. And if it's over and, and I do not know the rule, it's it's an X amount of miles away. Uh, they say that there's plenty of teams to um, allow it to happen. Uh-huh. Well, Maybe in some areas, but not here. Um, wake up, y'all. Come
0: on. Dave Boska joining me here from Butcher dot ButcherBBQ.com, the website. Dave, as I had mentioned in the open, you're off to a really great 2018. Uh, this past weekend makes two grand championships already this season. You also have a reserve grand championship to your credit. Uh, lest anyone forget, you also have three perfect scores and three 700 pins. So you were talking about messing around with some stuff here and there, maybe in that off season. Would you specifically go back and point to some of those practices and some of those changes as being attribution for some of this great result happening right off the bat?
1: Yes, I would. Um, one of the things we changed last year, we ended up the year with a perfect score in brisket and won that contest with over 700. And at that point, I started coming with a new I'm not going to come exactly what it is but it's a new product for beef and I've been playing with it all winter long slowly perfecting it and we're getting closer and closer to the market with it it's not there but it's getting there um working on nutrition information right now with Oklahoma State University when that gets finalized we might go ahead and get it on out but we have been playing with things one thing I've been playing with is ribs and I'm just I'm having a devil of a time. I think I'm going to switch back this uh, two weeks to a recipe I did several years ago, and we're going to see what that does. But as far as what I did over the winter, I actually did a lot more cooking, IBCA-style cooking. Um, I'm sorry, testing. I did a lot more IBCA testing um, because we went down and cooked the Houston rodeo. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I learned some stuff on my own merit of what I felt like I was doing wrong. I, 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 how can I say this without sounding stupid? Just say it. It's gonna sound stupid. I got, it sounds, it'll sound stupid. I, I overthought it. Um, let's be real, keep it simple. I, I was overthinking my flavors. I was overthinking the cook process. I just went back to like all my chickens. I just went back to, when down there you gotta cook a half a chicken. Well, I just went back to putting it on my hasty bacon. And, and cooking it off. Well, you know, the good, simple, basic flavors still taste right when cooked properly. And that's just what we started doing again.
0: Yeah. So having the time in doesn't always necessarily relate it back to, you're just gonna be dialed in every single time. You can, even though you're a seasoned vet, even though you've amassed all these grand championships, reserve grand championships, you've been on the television, you can get to a point where you overthink and you have to, you're almost kind of catching yourself and making those corrections. So now you can start to re experience that success overall.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to throw this guy under the bus, but um, <laughs> I opened it this weekend, Was I handed, I, I thought I had a really good rib. Uh, I handed one to who you just spoke about, yeah. Mr. Smiley, uh, Donnie. I handed him the rib, and I ran back to my trailer, and we finished the cook. After the cook, he come over, and we, I was just asking him. I said, "Donnie, what you think of my ribs?" He said, "You want to know the truth?" <laughs> he said, "The only thing I liked about it was the tenderness." Wow! Wow! That's exactly what I thought. I was like, "Damn! Slam! Wow! I love the honesty." So it made me think the whole at that point forward. Wow, was it that bad? Is it that far off base? Well. I got to thinking about it driving home. My other three categories have went back to the basics, back to the simplicity, mm-hmm. except for ribs. I was overcomplicating them. I've got four different rubs on my ribs. Wow. I've, I've got so much going on. It's just not a rib anymore. I might as well do what Meathead do- is going to do. I might as well crockpot the damn <laughs> <up> thing. But <laughs> so I'm going to. I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to go back to basics. I'm just going to cook a rib.
0: When I talk to the pitmasters on this show and we start to really break it down from a when you see a category start falling off, when do you decide to make a change? Are you a pitmaster, Dave, that will keep copious notes, color-coded notebooks and say, okay, well, this category is okay and this is how we're doing it, so we're going to continue on with this one. But, hey, these ribs have fallen off over the last two and three and four contests. This is the process I'm doing. So now you have something that you can evaluate tactically and change or do you have to are you not that guy and you have to go back off of memory on what you've done to try and make some adjustments to get you back into the right level?
1: I don't have stacks of notebooks with all that information. We kept it simple. I do have all my cooking timelines and and all that as far as from day 1. I do have a spiral notebook in my trailer that I've got tons of recipes. When I test cook, it's in that notebook somewhere. Uh, but I've got my timeline, and when I say my timeline, it's it's very detailed. At seven fifteen, I do this, this, and this. At seven twenty, this goes on this. Uh, so I've got a I've got that, but I don't. How can I can. Um, I, I don't get so analytic by studying the numbers. It's obvious if it's not hitting. I study each week's sheet, the the judges sheet on the front that they give you. If you actually read it and study it, you can figure out how the judges are liking it. It gives you uh, um, the points that they gave you, and then it gives you the points that they gave all day long. Mm-hmm. So if they gave you at thirty two point seven. But all day long, they've been judging a 34. Even though you might have won your table or fifth on your table, whatever, if you're you're not going to – if you got a lower score than the average, then you were below what that judge thought. If it was by, switched, and let's say you were fourth on your table, this is the greatest cry I hear from a lot is I, w- I was uh, first on my table and I only got a 163. How the hell can that happen? I placed 25th place. Well, even if you might have got a one sixty three, you got a twenty eight or twenty eight and twenty eight or twenty eight from a judge, but all they long, all they gave was twenty fours. You still got the best best score that judge probably gave anyway. Yep. That doesn't mean your food was the best food out there. That just means yours was the best food on that table. So you got first thing you got to do is be honest with yourself. If you're not honest with yourself, get over it, because you're not going to be a better cook. You have to be honest with yourself. And if you think that you got the best food every weekend, well, just forget it because you don't. No one, no one will have the best food every weekend, every time. You can't control your meat. You can't control the judges. So those two things are out of your, your, your realm of possibility. So just cook it the best you can. Have a good middle-of-the-line flavor and make sure it's tender. Go from there.
0: Dave Bosca joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue and the creator of the Butcher Barbecue brand products, of course. Dave, what's your 2018 season look like, let's say, from now until mid-end summer?
1: What Right now, we're, I'm doing about every other week. Um, I've got a, a hand, handshake agreement with the wife. Um, we're down one truck. One truck's not working. So she shows <laughs> miniature horses and cattle shows with our granddaughter, um, so she's using my truck, actually I probably could get away with saying I'm using her truck, um, every other <laughs> week to go to contest while she uses the truck in the off week to go to the shows. So through the first of June, I'm every other week, no doubt about it. I'm <laughs> um, chasing points. I can't say I'm chasing points one No, I actually, this week was the first week I even looked to see it, where we stood because my brother texted me and said, we're doing good. Um, will I look at it through the year? I am not going to be one of those that's chasing points all the way to the end. I cook where I want to cook, um, when I want to cook. I If, I, if I'm if i tired and I don't want to go cook and it's 115 degrees outside, <laughs> piss on it. I don't care. I'm not going. Um, but I do enjoy cooking, and I want to go and support the contest that's been there for a long time and the new ones and, and all that. So I'll cook what I want when I want.
0: Do you think it would lend any more legitimacy or or credibility or take you to a different level of sales success from a business standpoint if you ran out for team of the year and you were ultimately able to snatch that title or not?
1: Oh, yeah. I I think I'd be um, foolish to to not believe that. I think, yes, sales will go along with it. and, and in a marketing world, just like you're pure marketing you're a marketing genius, you've you're, you, you've taken talking into a, a a small business, hopefully someday in my opinion that you get to make a, a full time out of it. But all that said, um I started making posts on my Facebook business page of our placings and literally what I put on the product. Each time I've done that, I've had stores call me and say, you need to either quit winning or send me more damn product because this is crazy. Um, So, yes, it makes a difference. Um, I don't have any classes. I'm getting asked that more and more. You can ask my wife. In the last three weeks, it seems like you're the best. The biggest brother and the best friend of everybody that is having problems with chicken, it's having problems with pork, Mm -hmm. Um, whenever a team name starts popping back up there, they start getting the phone calls. Um, I love talking to people. I think it's a great thing. Um, So, yes, people watch and listen to to how how you're doing out there. And I think some of it is not that they believe that you either quit cooking or you just started cooking. Maybe the flavor you have is what's being liked this year. And I think that's what a lot of folks are, are believing.
0: Travis Clark has won team of the year, two out of the last three years. Um, he has said both times after winning it that uh, he's very appreciative and it's, it means a lot to him, but it's a very taxing task. Do you ever think that at some point this year, you'll decide to make a, an all out run for it or does do certain things have to happen in order for you to decide to make that run? Cause in the end, I mean, it does become quite a grind.
1: Oh, absolutely. The highest I've ever placed in the team of the year, one year we were third yep. in the team of the year. And that was the year I think I went to California once. Um, so traveling around, yeah, we, we've done our fair share. Will I make that decision? I've, I'm, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm only going to do probably between 20 and 30. I've always mm-hmm. done 30 plus. I'm I'm not going to hit it nonstop hard. Um, I'm not going to. I I I can't imagine traveling outside of a four or five state region of what we've got right here.
2: Yeah.
0: Dave Bosca joining me here on the show. Dave, are you seeing any big trends this year that might? Buck the norm of seasons we've seen here in the past, or is it pretty much status quo?
1: As far as what okay.
0: flavor profile, technique change, anything like that?
1: I no, I'm mm. still. If you walked into my trailer right now, yeah, um, on the left side. You'll see the very first smoker I ever took to a contest, I still cook on it. One of my FEC 100s. Yeah. The other side is a second one, and I cook on a one of their PG-500 grills. Um, I still cook the same thing. It doesn't matter. Um, as things changed, I don't know how much farther out in left field it can get. Uh, unless rules start changing from KCBS, from the barbecue community, there's just – only so much extreme that can be put into traditional barbecue to be served to judges. Now, can boxes change? Can we start pulling different muscles out of the pork? Um, I'm sure at some point someone will find the the most perfect way to, to find their own spinalis muscle from a ribeye on a, on a, on a uh, brisket. I don't, I mean, at some point something will give and change and they'll be the hero for six months. Um, but as far as flavors i went i've went back to basics i mean that's best i can tell you i've went back to basics quit overthinking it and just just cook good barbecue that's what i've decided to do
0: are pellet cookers still a force on the competition scene i mean i know you're a, a big proponent big user of pellet cookers but as you talk to the folks that are out there on the circuit do you know a lot of people that are still using fecs or tragers or green mountain grills
1: oh i see a lot of them but yep. I think the hottest thing out there right now is the drums. There's no doubt about it. I've had one. Oh my gosh. I bought mine off of Tim years ago. I, I was cooking beside him up in, uh, I don't even remember, uh, Jeff sis, um, contest and heck I, I paid half the price of what they are for now. But, and I took it on all of our TV shows, every one of them, I had it. So it's, so it's been I've had mine for a long time. Yeah. But right now they've caught on because if person can get into cooking multiple meats at different temperatures for a cheaper price, um, they're not spending eight and ten thousand dollars for an offset. They're not spending four and five thousand for a, a pellet cooker. They spend eight hundred dollars. They've got one, two hundred dollars, sixteen hundred, and they've got two cookers. Continue. So it is a little bit easier for teams to get started. Um, for, for those, uh, Traeger's. Traeger's are economical. They can they can get you down the road. Uh, and, and they're coming on strong. Traeger's got a great marketing program, and, and uh, they're putting a lot of money in competition barbecue right now. So, yeah, I, I mean, pellets are out there, and I think they'll always be and they'll always stay. Uh, but I do believe that um, they're going to grow. I think every aspect will grow, and who's winning is what's going to grow.
0: Dave, can I hold you over for one more segment?
1: Sure, absolutely. All
0: right, stand by. More with Dave Bosca coming up out of the break. Bunch of barbecue. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. That's right, the number one online shop for all things barbecue. Curated selection, only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the bath, the better barbecue results in no time everything at big papa smokers has been pitmaster approved by sterling big papa ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the american-made grills and smokers big papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook whether you're in the backyard or on the competition circuit big papa smokers has something for you they're known for the championship rubs and seasonings popular flavors like sweet money cattle prod cash cow all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard they offer 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for family and friends, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Pick up a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. If you want to improve the cooking and the competition stuff, you can check out the West Coast offense. They formed a partnership with Simply Marvelous Barbecue, And over the past few years, the West Coast offense cornering the market on competitive barbecue, redefining flavor profiles that competitive crooks, crooks, cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa Smokers has the online exclusive for Simply Marvelous Rub. Stop by their site and pick some up today. They also own award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce, looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone. Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Grannies and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac Two Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers has the exclusive Mac dealer, and they even offer special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, you can try the Old Hickory Ace BP. That happens to be the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Coming out with a new one, by the way, the M16. Not sure what kind of grill you need? can't really go wrong with any of the grills offered at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is a place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected. To help you barbecue better, boost your skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them toll-free at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. More Dave Bosco right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
2: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your luck. Because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Learning new skills each and every day. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 that's 816-945-2232 ted conrad from fireboard will be locked in for end of may early part of june for an update there all right we're back with dave boskett here butcher barbecue uh dave appreciate you hanging with me through the break here i don't know if you're aware but in a couple weeks the WFC or the World Food Championships final table will be taking place in Bentonville, Arkansas, I believe in Bright Star, which is like some really high-end culinary school and uh, staging event, and it's uh, supposed to be really neat. Broken out in a a completely different way. They've always crowned a winner previous to uh, the next couple weeks at the end of World Food Championships in November when they usually have it, but they've stretched it out here a handful of months to do the final 10 here in the coming weeks. Have you been following that at all? And if so, do you have a thought on who has the best chance of winning?
1: I haven't followed it a lot. I did watch it all last year. Um, So I I don't even know who all is on there as far as for which category. Um, Flat to be honest with you. Uh, I started doing our thing. I kind of like seeing the winner there. To me, this, it's kind of like, going to the um, NFL having all your playoffs and then let's wait till next spring to to have our championship things change that whole time frame um, oh my gosh there's just so many different variants I think that the winner should be crowned on those nights that week something uh, that's the best at the time right there once you get to a certain point you've got months in there that Someone can start perfecting their craft that they didn't have the knowledge of before. Now that I'm at this point, I might go back to school and learn how to do this, which that they weren't that. Are they better at that down the road? Yeah, they probably are. But at the point of the contest, there's, my opinion is strictly my opinion. Yep. The The best cook at that time should be crowned the best cook at that time, not because of anything that's acquired after that.
0: All right, Dave, let's transition to the other side of Butcher Barbecue, obviously doing very well on the competition side, but you have those products. And I actually have a question from a dealer of yours in Tennessee, also happens to be my embedded Tennessee correspondent, Steve Ray, from uh, Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. He wanted me to ask you what your inspiration was and when that led you to develop the line of rubs and then bring on that sauce and then bring on the grilling oils. Was it something that when you started competing, you were using these products and people said, hey, I want them too? Was it the opposite of that? You had them and then you started competing. Bring us back to that uh, original time when the Butcher's Barbecue products started their genesis.
1: Oh, that's a a pretty easy but a lengthy answer, but I can sure get into that real simple. Sure. Um, I used to shoot competitive archery. I was into that real hard and heavy hurt my back majorly, had to completely get out of it. Competitive juices were still flowing. Bought I, my wife and I was reading a little newspaper here locally and found of a local contest and we kind of reading on the barbecue and I was like, you know, I bet I can get into that. Um I know a little bit about meat, you know. I, I do a lot of smoking and sausage and had been in it for many years at that point. So we went and walked around. I, I, I actually thought, Well I could do this. We so I bought my first FEC one hundred, came home, started cooking, and around here, what do you put on it? Head country sauce, head country rub, <laughs> right. um, go on. That's just that's just, we're in Oklahoma. That's what you do. That's right. And it was it was okay, but it wasn't what I tasted at this contest. And so I started playing with it here, and um, I actually started developing a rub, playing with it, and I was injecting already because we did a lot of that stuff in the meat shop anyway. Um, so I was played a little bit more with injections, and I used a lot more phosphate back then. And, mm-hmm. um, I actually, the very first contest, I cured my pork butt, completely cured it in about a three-hour time frame using a, a product called uh, um, sodium ethorbate, a cure accelerator, and I turned in a red pork butt. Red slices, red money muscle. Oh my god! I, I think I was fifteen, eighteen. It probably scared the hell out of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, the my premium rub was the very first rub we ever came out with. I started playing with that rub before I ever went to the first contest, and I had tons of little Dixie cups all over the bar, labeled, numbered notebook full of what all was in it this portion of that this the other and that was my base rub at probably my first seven or eight contests. i think i did seven contests the first year and that was my base rub for all of it that next year we start playing with the honey rub i wanted something sweeter and my whole thought with that was was hell everybody's putting honey on everything why don't we just put honey in a rub so that's that's why i started doing and um we started making the honey rub. And so I had the honey and the premium rub. It was my first two. And let's see, my second year, we had our injection, and a couple folks at the American Oil I would befriended had used it. They walked across the stage with it, and I thought, now there might be something to this. So we actually started marketing it. Um, I came out with it. Ray Lampy helped me develop it. I would send him product, and he would play with it down there in Florida and send back his results and his thoughts and when I came out with it, I said, here, here's my directions. What do you think? And I'm a meat guy, and I was putting on there meat instructions. Well, And it was – he's like, no, you got to break it down. He put more recipe style. Use it more like this. And he told me how to write the directions uh, more fluent to where the Joe public would understand it. Mm-hmm. And so we came, we came out with a product, and that was our first – that was our original brisket injection. Um, and we had that out probably – well, by the time I started the second year contest, we had the injections and those two were around on the market. Very quickly, we came out with our pork injection, and so things just grew from there. I was I was not ever thinking that I could make a living at it. I was hoping at some point that that I could make a house payment, but I never thought I'd make a living at it. Um, and here I am now. Let's see. That was in my first contest was in '07. And here we are now, 11 years later, doing what we love
2: to do.
0: And you have a number of rubs. You have the sweet barbecue sauce. You have the injections, of course. You have the marinades and the uh, the bird boosters and then the, the grilling oils. Were they all – did you have the idea in your head that these were all products right from the beginning that you knew something about, or you knew you wanted to do something with, and that over time you would start picking them apart and introducing them? Or did they come to you at different points down the line saying, hey, the market could use something like this, or I see X product, and I think I can make it better, so I'm going to decide to do something butcher-related in that regard?
1: Oh, it came through down the line. It's a lot of this different stuff is things that I cooked with or how I cooked and, and, we're like, well, how can I take this to market? Take the grilling oils, for example, um, for a long, long, long time, I would take the beef fat off the bottom of my brisket that I trimmed off. I would be smoking it while I was cooking the other big meats and letting it drip down on those meats. Cause I love a rotisserie cooker. I love how rotisserie drips down on the other meats. Um, so I would, I, I, I Put my beef fat above my pork and my my brisket. I'd allow that to do that through the cook cycle. Well, when I'm ra- after I wrap this stuff, I'm done with it. And I was like, yeah. Well, what can I do with this? My gosh, it's there's, there's some good here. What what? Is-? So I started saving that grease and stuff that I could squeeze out of it and start putting it on my ribs. And the natural oils that it was replacing was just phenomenal. I just oh, I loved it. I probably did that several years. Well, the very first time. Um, we went to the TV shows. I was doing that, but then I was like, I'm not getting enough because they give you one slab of ribs or, or one this, and that you not take. I couldn't take in my own stuff to cook like that. Yep. So at the second show, I had started working with this um, soybean based oil, and that is how that all got started because I didn't have enough natural beef fat, grease slash oil. To cook with, hmm. so that's how that kind of got started. I remember Rock Gray used to tease was teasing me about it, different things. And what do you got over there? Oh, nothing bud. just keep cooking, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, but then everything everything I've got is because of cooking. It's either what I've done, or someone would come and say, "Hey." what do you think of this? How can we get this on the market? What can we do? And I'd say, well, that's not a bad idea. He'd be the first one that'd get it because he could come up with it. Um, so, uh, But most of it just comes from cooks, myself, mostly. Uh,
0: Dave, let me ask you specifically about grilling oil here. And I know we did a little headlong dive into it uh, you know, a handful of years ago when you first introduced it, but I was out – it was uh, two weeks ago this coming Friday. I was talking to a guy, a very successful business owner here in the uh, near west side of Cleveland area, microbrew owner, uh, a couple different restaurants of uh, varying different fares. We were talking about, of course, live fire cooking and grilling barbecue. And I had mentioned your product, the grilling oil. And he had inquired a little bit about it. And I told him that the product was shelf stable and it was soybean based and three different flavors. I told him my favorite flavor was the butter flavored. And he told me that, like, right – he's like, oh, you're going to get cancer and you're going to die. So I, of course, wanted to talk to you about it next time I had you on. So it's serendipitous. that I only had to wait two weeks. Should I be concerned that I'm going to get cancer from grilling oil for any reason?
1: Let me ask you this way, Greg. Are you a good cook? Uh, I think so. Okay. The best way to describe that is is if you believe every and I'm not saying I'm pro or or, or against it, okay? Don't be yeah. wrong. But if you believe every report that everything comes out, you would also believe that WMDs were found in Iraq and Lee Harvey Oswald was was all alone on the grassy knoll, okay? All that said being done, you can't believe everything you hear. And you need to read and study your own world. But the reason I ask you if you're you're a, a good cook. The reason oils will do that is whenever they hit their smoke point, when they start to burn, mm-hmm. okay, they will start to break down and get rancid, and the and the um, when it does that, there's a toxin that is released from the oil when it catches on fire, and that's what sets onto your meat, and that's what we would think as would be that that burnt grease flavor, mm-hmm. okay, that that is what is they're saying is going to cause the can that has the ability to cause cancer okay if you can cook right and use the grilling oils properly this isn't going to happen if you're using it to stroke your fire with you, uh, there's nothing good about that I mean you're going to you're going to really smoke out your flavor in your product and it's going to get nasty tasting um, but use it properly everything will be good it's Built or it's, or I'm sorry, it was designed to help naturally replace the oils that are cooking out of the meat. Uh, a hamburger, um, I mean, the smoke point of our sorbetine oil is 450 degrees, okay? Natural butter is 350. Animal fat, just animal fat, out of a hamburger, pork chops, stuff like that, it starts and it'll end right around 250 degrees. So a, a, a steak slash hamburger, pork chop, that's going to release more of these um, believed to be toxins that cause cancer than your grilling oil. How's that for your answer?
0: Fine by me. I just want to make sure that uh, you know I, I was telling this guy the, the right thing. I mean, he 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 went immediately back to you know you should just use real butter and blah blah blah. And it was the first butter time I has met. a him.
1: higher smoke point. Yeah. Yes, but. The thing that you have to remember, people believe in the butter, and I myself i love real butter sure. um but and margarine margarine is one element off on the on the on the um gosh, I drew a complete blank the uh, the element uh table from being rubber hmm. and I'm not exaggerating. it's one element off of being rubber, okay, so is margarine better for you than butter i don't I don't think so, I really like butter. But so there's there's all these different things that people really don't know. But do they understand it? That's the trick. Is sometimes it's not the understanding or it's the knowing, and it's what they're doing is the cause from the first place. Like I was saying, are you a good cook? That's what I started with. Right. Um, If you know how to use something, it's going to be good. If you don't use it right anyway, it's going to hurt you. Um, Gasoline. Uh, There you go. You use it right, it's fine. If you don't use it right, it's gonna hurt you. Um, I know that's stretching, but that's a fact. So there that's what I've getting back to with the grilling holes. We don't claim it to be a fire starter. We and we even have on the label, do not use over live fire. Well, if you're gonna grill, you're gonna lose over live live fire, but um there it's job is to help penetrate the meat and keep it moist and allow the flavor I'm sorry, allow the moisture that is cooking out to stay in because of this. Use it properly, and you'll be just fine.
0: Dave, we've got a couple minutes left, and I wanted to ask you this. We'll diverge off the products here, but kind of keep it within the family, literally. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but can you believe it has been, is it three years since Levi's opened the butcher's barbecue stand?
1: I'm so dead proud of that. I'm I'm excited. Uh, yes, it's Three years, May will wow. be in May. He'll have his, uh, th- third year birthday, um, super excited for him. And, um, he, he's going to be a daddy for the first time. Um, this November, him and his wife's going to have their first baby. Um, so he's going to lot on his table, Yeah. For, for, he's going to be a three-year old restaurant owner and a newborn baby all in the same year.
0: Wow. And you're going to be a grandfather. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you always forget about that. Easy to forget about, right? I always, so, um, forgot about that. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the restaurant has just continued to get rave reviews, great write ups in the magazines. Um, I mean, has it basically surpassed the, the expectation that you guys thought it was going to happen or has it, did you anticipate really great things right for the meeting? Obviously, you didn't think it was going to take a dump, but I mean, did you think that it was going to be this good?
1: I, now, he might have. I I can remember when we got started with it. I had an FEC 500 rotation. Where it held 500 pounds of meat. And that's when we were going to put it in the restaurant. And he told me, he said, Dad, he said, I need a 750. I'm like, Levi, do you realize how much food you can cook <laughs> on a 500? Do you really realize how much it can turn out? He said, Dad, we're going to need a 750. So I called Stewart, up at Cook Shack, and I said, look, I, I, I want to trade this in. What's it going to cost for the new one? We made a deal. We went up, picked up the 750. Three years later, we're cooking on two 750s <laughs> for three days a week um, wow. open. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. yes. He's had to buy a second one since. He's built a whole new building out back, a whole other commercial kitchen, um, got the second one mounted in that. And a funny story I've said 150 times is I remember – Right after he opened, it was probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month after he was open. the mayor of Wellston and I were standing there talking. And Paul asked me, he says, what's your goals for uh, Levi? And real quick, I looked at him and I just said, not to come home. <laughs> <laughs> so if you understand it, keep laughing. If you don't, just think about
0: it. Dave Boska joining me here on the show. The website, of course, butcherbbq.com. Longtime sponsor of this show, which I certainly appreciate, Dave. Always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on,
1: Greg. Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. Had a good time.
0: You too. There he is, Dave Bosker, Butcher Barbecue. All guests All right. appear Doing via really the Traeger well Grills
2: Hotline.
0: Don't come home, Levi. Yeah,
2: man.
0: All right, close. Running up against it here, so let me talk to you quickly about. The Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show. Dave might be second now. Always believe outdoor cooking should be easy. That's right. The Guru does as well. And it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or barbecue pit master with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill and can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. You head on over to the website, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. And don't forget about that new rib ring that is sweeping the barbecue and grilling nation. Get yours today if you can. Again, the website bbqguru.com. And Bob Trotnack will be on here in just two weeks' time, I believe. All right, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around, be right back.
2: Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today.
0: Craig Rimpey. All right, welcome back. As we race to wrap up here just in time, all the way back in the first hour, we had Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We covered how to open your grill for the grilling season and the barbecue as well. Uh, Don't forget, pressure washers aren't bad. You can blow off the inside. Commercial kitchens keep their stuff spick and span. You might want to give consideration to that as well. He also talked about how google is defining barbecue which is sauce and a flavor profile not a way of cooking we disagree but google say it so it is law we also answered some of your facebook questions that was fun meathead will be in minnesota this coming weekend so check out his website for more information on that then the second hour we talked with the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue, Dave Boska, ButcherBBQ.com. Two grand championships so far this season. One reserve grand champion, three perfect scores, three 700 pins. He's doing very well. Got about 17 to uh, seventeen to 20 more left on his schedule so far for 2018. So we'll see how that goes. And congratulations again to Levi Boska for coming up on his third year of the Butcher Barbecue out there in Superior, Oklahoma. We have a big show planned for you next week, as always. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeCue and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.